Hey, I just want to let you know that one of the best ways to support this podcast is by checking out our sponsors. So scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes and you'll see the exclusive deals that our sponsors are giving you. Now you may need one or more than one of their services and if you do, click on the links or their logos in the show notes to check them out. Schedule a personalized free demo with any of them. So go ahead and do that and thank you for supporting the Dental Marketer Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias. And in this episode, I am speaking with Dr. Robert Soto. Getting better at, at hiring and just recognizing talent and good people because, you know, in my experience, it's just hard, you know, to like, to kind of go through like all these processes and try to find out who they are. Like, but, but if you find someone who's sitting in front of you and you're like, to me, at least, if I just want to connect with them and I just go like, man, this person looks like they sit in my practice. They look like they're responsible. I can just tell they have, you know, a good head on their shoulders. Like now I'm hiring that person on the spot. Like I don't want them out of the, I don't want them to leave the office. Someone else is going to recognize that too. Extremely hardworking and really he has created something beautiful for himself. Not just his practice, but his lifestyle. And you'll hear about that in this episode. Now he has been practicing for about 15 years and we discuss how he got into some really good associateships and we look into what he learned from each of them and how he eventually partnered up and took over and acquired the practice he currently owns right now. And he is only doing cosmetic dentistry, veneers to be exact. So we discuss his marketing and advertising strategy and we go into detail because his patients, they come in primed and ready to spend on their cosmetic procedures. Even the new patients, they come in ready to say, hey, I, I know what I want. Uh, this is how much it's, I know how much it's going to cost and, and so forth. And, and they're ready. They're ready to spend. So there's not much selling going on when they come in. So he breaks down to us the pre-process on how he makes this happen. And he currently has 18.8 as of right now, as of right now, he currently has 18.8, but probably when you're listening to this, you might have already 19,000 Instagram followers. And this is a, a big platform on where he gets his new patients through Instagram. So he talks to us on his strategy on how he, he gained this many followers, the growth and how he built it all. And we also discuss about dental photography, his process on remodeling and moving practices and some of his biggest struggles as well. So without further delay, here is Dr. Robert Soto. Rob, how's it going, man? Going great, man. I'm uh, happy to be here. Nice. If you don't mind me asking, where are you located? I am in San Francisco, California, right in Union Square, the heart of the city. Okay. Have you, did you, have you always lived there? Or? I've always lived in the Bay Area. I was born here in San Francisco, just moved kind of throughout the Bay, but been here, yeah, for a long time. So this is where I grew up, my neighborhood. Nice, man. I like that. I like that. If you could, real quick, for anybody thinking to go to San Francisco, where is the spot where you're like, you got to come here and eat here? I want to say, I mean, you have to go to the mission and you have to try just, you know, whatever Mexican food in the mission. There's plenty of, uh, of La Taqueria. There's, uh, there's just a lot of good Mexican places in the mission. You know, each neighborhood has its own, own things there. And uh, so they have like the little tiny spots, but we also have a lot of very high-end restaurants and, um, uh, you know, people do some really creative stuff. So I don't know. It, it, it's all over the place. I'd say even for me, like I have to like look it up. Um, okay. Oh, one big one is Cha-Cha-Cha in, uh, it's like Haight-Ashbury area. That's a, a great, I think it's Peruvian food. I can't remember right now, but mm. yeah. Awesome, man. Okay. So if you could, Rob, tell us a little bit about your past, your present. How'd you get to where you are today? Okay, sure. Yeah. So I'm uh, in San Francisco. I've been practicing about 15 years now. So it's, it's been a while, kind of creeps up on you. Currently, right now, I'm, I'm mainly doing cosmetic dentistry. We see patients for veneers um, every day, some, some point of the process, prepping or delivering veneers, um, seeing new patients. And really, this has been, it's been a bit of a journey. So it took a while to get there. That has been what I've wanted to do the entire time, but definitely started off with general dentistry, got into some really good uh, associates after dental school events, good associateships. Mm -hmm. um, places that were doing cosmetic dentistry so that I can 
you know, learn the ropes and really see what these doctors were doing. Uh, and these tend to be like higher end practices so you can see how they cater to patients. I think that's like a big thing is making sure that you are providing, um, you know, high level dentistry and customer service. And that's what I'm trying to do now. So we have a very nice office. It was remodeled in like 2017, but with, um, you know, architects that, that, you know, design things maybe more like a nice restaurant or a hotel as opposed mm-hmm. to it's a typical dental office. But, you know, we're trying to get the clientele to feel that they are in the right place when, uh, when they step foot in the door. Nice, dude. So then how long was your associateships for? Maybe four years of associating before I purchased the practice. I'm associated in a number of places. This particular practice, which was, like I said, a different location at the time, I worked for the doctor for two and a half years. And then uh, I purchased the practice from him. And then he became my associate for uh, two and a half years before he retired. And I was only working here a couple of days a week. Um, And then we kind of flip-flopped and I started working here more. He was working less. So it was an interesting transition. I don't think it's a very common transition because it seems like nowadays people, you know, the the new person comes in if they're buying a practice (laughs) from, from someone else and the old person is just gone. And that is very often a mutual thing. Like the, you know, the old doctor, you know, they, it just sparked in their head that they're done. <laughs> so they're selling their place. And then the new person, they only want them there for a short while because they don't want to have, they want to do stuff different. So my transition was, was long. It's probably long because I wasn't, I just, I knew I wanted to, to learn from this doctor because he was fantastic. But at the same time, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be buying this place. It was still like, I wasn't sure if he was going to retire or when that was going to happen. And it was only two days a week. So eventually that just sort of came about as, as I got, you know, more um, involved in the practice. Yeah. Did you, when you decided to take on this associateship, was there already written down where like, hey, there's a possible buyout or no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a possible, yeah, I would be like the first, you know, offer um, if that was the case. But it was really, you know what it was is, is that he was older. But at the same time, he just seemed like he had like a lot of energy. Like it looked like one of those guys who could have worked for until he was gone, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also he had a history of having a lot of associates, you know, over the years. I mean, he'd only have one associate, but, you know, that person may have lasted two years to 10 years and he just kept getting new ones, you know, over the years. So I didn't really know where I would fall in that. You know, I think the opportunity was there and it, I already knew I'd jump on it if, if I could, but wasn't sure. Yeah. So you decided to go with this one as opposed to the other ones that you were working for or no, this is the only one that they offered you. Well, the, the timing was, was just on this one, but I was starting to look around at the same time that he did offer. So I would have probably gotten to something else if this didn't, didn't come about. So, you know, it's, it's timing. I think timing is everything, you know, recognizing opportunity and, you know, and then seizing it. So that, I mean, that's, maybe a common thread in, in how I do things. Yeah, that's good, man. That's really good. Okay, so then you worked for um, the doctor until you took over. What were some things that, I guess, from all your associateships that you decided like, oh man, these are some really good systems or things that I want to take into the practice I eventually own? And then what were some things where you're like, I, I never want to do that crap. Like, I never want to do what you guys are doing right now. You know, honestly, for me, it just came down to like high quality dentistry and, and spending a lot of time with patients. I mean, that's that appealed to me. And I know that doesn't appeal to everyone. You know, some people are a little more volume is, is the way to go. And, and you know, there, there's something with that, too, because when you do spend more time with patients, hey, if like you have an hour and a half for your for your new patient and that if that person doesn't show up, well, that's an hour and a half whole, Right. You know, so, you know, I worked at other practices where we were just sort of like pounding through through dental work and you know we took every every insurance there was it seemed like and that was rough and I feel like you know you're sort of exhausted nobody appreciates what you're doing it's just sort of doctor versus patients and um the doctor at least at this practice I mean he he like I said he took his time with patients he um really got through to them about their dental problems and I feel like he was able to, to you know even just for like the average patient, he'd get them to do like all of their dental work, you know, not just whatever the insurance covered and all that had to do with taking time with them, sitting down with them, showing them pictures of their teeth and, and um, not in like any sort of 
manipulative way. I'm not saying that that's like what everybody does, but just just from what I had seen prior to meeting him, that's what it was. It was almost like showing someone a, what I had seen was like showing someone like a blurry picture of a metal filling and be like, you need this, you know, but he's more like showing them like how their teeth have broken down over the years and why a comprehensive approach makes sense. So I, I just got to see from him, like people maybe coming in a little bit more on guard and then like embracing his office. That's what I really, really liked is this sort of comprehensive approach. And it, it just made a lot of sense uh, to me. And it, it's, it's really good because patients appreciate this. You know, they appreciate your office. They appreciate what you're doing for them. And at the end, you know, you just have, um, you build like really good relationships. How long are your, like, I would say your new patient exams or visits? I mean, they're about an hour and a half, you know, and then, well, that, that's just seeing me. And then, and then if they're going to get a cleaning, they're there for another, you know, an hour for that. And, and I see, Again, a lot of cosmetic patients, so it 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 does depend. You know, if you if I get someone who's here who's very you know like ready to go for cosmetic dentistry, they may schedule you know their exam, and their X rays, and and um, we might be doing teeth whitening on that day and the cleaning. We're scanning their teeth so we can get a wax up, you know, designed for their teeth. So we might be doing all of it. So basically, I will meet them that one day, and the next appointment we're preparing their teeth for veneers. Um, so. We try to get a lot of stuff as, uh, as much as possible. And if the patient is like, you know, talking to my receptionist and telling them like, I want this done as soon as possible and I'm ready to go, then I guess the patient could be here for like three hours on that first day. That's if they're like ready. <laughs> so, um, so other than that, if they're like still on the fence, about an hour and a half with me. Gotcha. Okay. So in that hour and a half is where you're like building that rapport, talking to right. them. Anything specific that you feel like we should be doing more of when it comes to these new patient exams. Like you said, you spend that hour and a half and you're like, all right, I hope you can understand this now. And then they're like, eh, I'll go check a second opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, where do I drop the ball in this hour and a half that I felt like was a waste? You know, I, I do things a little bit different, but when you're meeting the person, I like to keep it casual. So I'm, I'm in a, in a consultation room, not in the, the operatory where I feel like that's where like the anxiety already starts for some patients. Mm-hmm. So we're in a consultation room and, you know, just going over their paperwork and, you know, no lab coat or anything like that. I'm usually wearing like, honestly, I'm usually wearing like tennis shoes. And yeah, I mean, maybe scrubs or maybe just this, but regardless, try to keep it casual. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you're just sort of chatting about their past experiences, you know, in, in dentistry and things like that. And a lot of stuff comes up in addition to their medical history. Uh, and again, this is cosmetic stuff. So I really think that for me and, and relating it to general dentistry is like trying to figure out like, what are your goals? You know, like, what do you want out of your smile? You know, and, and sort of setting the tone, like, first off, it's not all technical. You don't want to say all the technical stuff about the cosmetic dentistry, just like, yes, you know, we are going to make that smile look amazing. So that you do have that confidence so that you do feel just amazing about your smile and you don't have to shy away from photos and selfies and all this stuff. You know, so it, it's, so you're, getting them excited, like as soon as they come in, you know, and, and for me, you know, with the cosmetic stuff, you can ask them what it is about their smile that they don't like, not just visually about their smile, but like, what does it mean to them? You know, and they'll, they'll tell you all sorts of stuff that how it's actually affected them. So yeah, you know, in that first, that's like the first like 15 minutes or 10 minutes of the appointment. And we are already like, connecting, you know, and then we bring the patient back and then we start our examination. So just having some really good conversation before you get rolling is important. Yeah, that's good, man. Have you ever felt like you never connected with a specific patient? And never? Yeah, I mean, I I do sometimes. So uh, yeah, let me give you a little bit more of the backstory. So what I so what I do is a lot of virtual consultations. Okay, Mm. so if, if a new patient is sitting in my chair um, today. I've already sent them a video ahead of time, just recording like this, like like I'm a little box in the corner, you know, and <laughs> and they've sent me some pictures of their teeth, and I've I've already kind of said, you know, told them some suggestions about their smile. So so the way it works is they send me a couple of photos. They may give, give me some details like, hey, I really want to do eight or ten veneers on my upper teeth, or they may just say like, I hate my smile, you know. And, and I have a photo of their smile. And then I'll find some examples, some photo examples. I'll pop up on my screen. I'll put down like a price range that I think would fix their smile. And then so I send them this video and they usually don't know what they're getting. It's just a virtual consultation. So, yeah. they, so they end up seeing um, me on, on a screen talking about their teeth. Um, I've done this for free. 
could be a five minute. Sometimes it goes all the way up to like 10 minutes. And most of the time they're like blown away. They're like, they did not expect this. And again, it's free. And, it's, and there's a little button, you know, if they, if they, if they understand the cost, you know, how long it's going to take. And they're excited by the examples that really like pertain to them. Then they're going to click a button that says, you know, let's get scheduled or reach out. And now when they show up, they're like, they're ready to go. You know, they already know how much it's going to cost. They already know what we're going to do. And they're just like, let's, let's get moving, you know? Um, but yeah, but before that, sure. You know, when I wasn't doing that type of consultation and I'm meeting new patients, yeah, I definitely have people that you, you don't connect with because people are like a little bit on guard, you know, they're just, you know, everyone's a little bit different and you can see like some people, they, they, they are just not ready to like open up and just be super friendly with you. But I do think that the approach of taking your time with them and really just coming from a genuine, I want to take care of you. Eventually they will open up. Yeah, man. So you have like a lot of, uh, operations going on in the back like as far as like so you just record a, a video just like this like through zoom or how do they send the inquiry like they're like hey man i want veneers and then you just send them a video like yeah zoom? so all of my uh so almost all my marketing is is on instagram i do other stuff i mean we you know we have a good yelp page we've got um occasionally we'll do google adwords but everything sort of leads back to and even like on the website everything leads back to like a link to submit photos for a virtual consultation. So they click on that link and they just put in their name, their email, their phone number, type in, um, you know, what do you want to change about your smile or something like that. And then they have to, and then it says upload a selfie and upload a photo of your smile. So some, hopefully they open, they, they upload both of them. Sometimes they'll, they'll only just do just like a close up of their smile because they don't want to show their whole face. And then, um, and that's it. So, you know, the, the marketing is that, you know, having a, a strong Instagram page, having a strong online presence, you know, brings people to this page, you know, so I'm, I post at least three things a week. Um, usually it's a cosmetic smile, you know, case, a uh, nice before and after. And, you know, when I post one of these cases, it obviously resonates, resonates with some people. And then they all of a sudden I'll look at my email and it says like, Hey, you know, someone wants a virtual consultation and then I'll just take my time and I'll, and I'll do that. So it depends, you know, some, some weeks, uh, you know, you'll just get a few of those things. Some weeks it's like overwhelming and, you know, it, it takes me a few weeks to even like catch up to all of them. But every day I'm usually sending something out. So like I sent out, I think, um, I think like probably six, six consultations today. Um, and that got me caught up. And then, you know, before I checked in, there was another one right now. So but, but, you know, it took a while to build to that too. You know, this is not just like over the night, like sign up with these consultation things and it'll just happen. You have to have the, the reputation, the photos and the presence out there to, to pull it off. Yeah. Man, so how did you get a, a strong Instagram or like, what do you recommend mm -hmm. for people, for the practices listening who are like, man, I'm posting my free consultations up there, man. And I only got like 30 followers or something, right? Like, how do we build to that? To where it's like, hey, that's a huge way to get new patients. Yeah, that that is that's a difficult question because I feel like I don't want to say anything that's BS and isn't actually going to work. Okay, <laughs> but, um, and I'll say something else that's outside of Instagram. Instagram works for me, but there are other ways to get these consultations to you. That's that's my um, avenue for it. But I do think, I mean, okay, so photography is so important. If you do good work, and a lot of dentists do great work, but their photos suck. Okay. Like, like, and they know it, you know, they do the work and then they go to take a picture of it. And it's like, that does not represent what I just did. So, so it's, it's not even just like the, the picture itself. It could just be like off angle. Like, why did you take it from like under their chin? Like that's not gonna, even though the angle itself isn't going to work, it just needs to be straight on. So I think having good photography and then you've got to post about yourself too. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. They can be little simple things where you're just sort of making a selfie and talking a selfie video and just talking about some aspects of, I think cosmetic dentistry is the best because it's just like something that people are actually interested in. You know, not, not everyone wants to listen to the basics of dentistry, gum disease and things like that. But, but I think good photography of the cases that you have, even like the steps of the cases. So you can have like one case under your belt or a couple of cases under your belt. But if you did take pictures of the different steps, you know, you have a number of different posts that you can show. And in that way, you actually have things that are going to consistently go up. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate where I can keep posting new stuff, but, you know, 
once you get to so many, you can start recycling them. I mean, nobody's going to scroll down for that long, you know, before they yeah. get to your, your older stuff. So, you know, posting is, is important. There's different times of day that you should be posting. You shouldn't be posting in the middle of the night or anything like that. Make sure you're doing the right hashtags. Um, I think you have to really just take a look at the aesthetic of what your page looks like. Um, no filler things. No, no, like happy Halloween from your dentist, you know, stuff like stuff like that. I think you start looking around at people that are successful. You can always reach out to different local people. I'm sure you must have had podcasts about this already. But I just think that like when you look at it, this has to look like something that's attractive to you. But yeah, it, it is it is definitely difficult to to just especially nowadays to like keep to keep gaining followers. But I do think that you have to also look where, where you are. Even in San Francisco, like it's a major city but it's not LA. It's not Beverly Hills. There's not a cosmetic dentist on every single corner. So if you're in your small town, you need to make sure that you are hashtagging the things in your small town, Mm -hmm. you know, your location, put it at the popular place, you know, the popular park in your town or something like that. um, So that hopefully it just gets, gets caught on. And I know people like, I just joined TikTok and it's like not a big thing for me right now, but I'm actually surprised with how it's already bringing patients in. And this was literally a couple, two, three weeks ago, I started a bank. But, um, but, you know, even that, you know, you could do the TikTok stuff and you can repost that to your Instagram um, these days. So I feel like you just have to be kind of on it. And hopefully you like doing it because that's probably the key to success. If you don't like doing it, I can't imagine someone having a lot of success with it. I guess you could pay people to do it for you. You know, that's, that's always a thing. So, yeah, but you do it all then, right? I do it all and it's very time consuming, but again, I do like it and I try to like allocate certain times to do it. So I'm not just like always trying to do it. So if I can make like, you know, a couple or three posts at a time and then just put them out, you know, as needed, that's, that's helpful. Yeah. Nice, dude. So you're on TikTok now too. And you're already getting any patients from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's very short, but like when I'm doing these consultations, you know, it says where they come from. And it's like every time Instagram, Instagram, or, you know, it's like a referral, like another patient. But then like, I just got a couple that just says to TikTok and I'm like, wow, really? Like, I feel like, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have any, I feel like no followers on there, but put something on there and it, it does get a lot of views and likes. So yeah. And that's the same stuff you're posting on Instagram or different. Yeah, actually it is. Like I, I just have on my current Instagram page, I have um, a fair amount of, and you know, it's like not even something that I try to like consistently do, but I have enough of them where I just sort of like grabbed it and just threw that on TikTok, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause I, I, I want to say we, I found you on Instagram and I was like, this guy's killing it. He's doing a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah, and then you me on Instagram. Right. Yeah. And so from that point on, I was like, I want to see what he's, what's coming from this. You know what I mean? And what's yeah. happening. So that's good, man. That's really, cause I know a lot of people are trying on Instagram, but then they're, you see those posts, right. Where it's like free consultation now through November or like free yeah. whitening for life. And then you're kind of like, what, who are you talking yeah, to? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. I think this, the reputation has to be there. The proof of the work has to be there. And I always tell patients too, or tell other doctors too, like it pays to be patient, you know, when you're, when you're posting things, you know, you don't, you don't want to just put anything out there. You know, if you're trying to attract a certain patient and let's say like uh, a solid demographic for you might be like, you know, men or women in their, you know, late 20s to, I don't know, early 40s or something like that. You really don't want to be posting three denture cases in a row, you know, of some guy in their 70s. Fantastic for them, but this is going to, someone's going to see this and be like, oh, well, that's not the dentist for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Hey, so Rob, have you always thought about just doing pure cosmetic, pure veneers, or how did that come about? Yeah, so 100%. I, that's, that's what I wanted to do. When I got uh, I was a marine biology major um, and I just was like, I wanted to look into something else. And I happened to go to some like random party with, uh, it's like a dinner party. And there's all these people from USC dental school there. I knew nothing about dentistry or dental school or anything. And these guys were all pulling out. They were all looking at x-rays. Okay. Like at a dinner party. <laughs> and they were all like just geeking out over these x-rays. I'm just like, what are you guys on right now like what's going on like i don't know why you're so into this and they and they're just like oh well then one guy was just telling me 
you know, dentistry is a good profession and how excited they were and all this stuff. And, and he hooked me up with his uncle who was a dentist. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. You know, and that was in San Jose. And then um, the doctor happened to be going through his AACD certification. So he was like working with the modeling agency and he was working on like five different patients to do different cosmetic procedures on them. And so I kind of like walked into this. He was a general dentist, but he was trying to do this stuff and taking pictures and he was just really into it. And uh, he hadn't, he even went from like this, like run of the mill, very basic dental practice to um, a high end practice that he had built on his own. And he was doing that. I was sorry, like watched, so I was working, I ended up working for the guy um, <laughs> just like as an assistant. And, and then um, just watching him do this to go from the, the regular practice to the high end practice. And I mean, it was just like, yes, this is what I want to do. I went into school thinking, I want to do cosmetic dentistry. That's like all I really care to do. And, and it worked out. So it took a long time. When you acquired the practice you're in right now, was it just yeah. cosmetic or were, is it general? And then you had to turn it into what it is. So he was a general dentist, and, and but he did like a lot of comprehensive dentistry. He went to like all the different classes. And so he was really good at, again, at comprehensive, you know, dentistry. And, and so people would come in and and, you know, he'd do a lot of work on them and that would include cosmetic dentistry. He was into cosmetics, but it, that definitely was not like his main thing. You know, he might've done uh, a nice cosmetic case each, each month. Then that's big. I mean, that's not something that everyone does, you know, one or two cases a month. So I did get to see it and, and got a bigger taste of it than most, most offices. Uh, so then how did you transition it to just like, cause I feel like that'd be like a dream for a lot of people like oh, to yeah. just do veneers and cosmetic work, you know? How did you make that happen? So again, it's something I always wanted to do. And then I think when, and I was doing like more and, and more of it and, and just, you know, pushing it on the Instagram. Um, one interesting thing was, I, I can't, well, this is a number of years ago. You know, I started making like a few YouTube videos online, just going over cosmetic dentistry, you know, and so I feel like those would help me out, you know, let you become the experts even pre, pre-Instagram. A buddy of mine uh, who was, big on Instagram. This is like 2015 or 16. And he was big back then. He had like 12,000 followers. He's like, you should do this. Like, I know you like cosmetic dentistry. You take photos and stuff. So you should do this. So I got on. And at one point, I also started making, I made two separate websites, which I thought was a smart move on my behalf because <laughs> I had a general dentistry website. And then I had a cosmetic dentistry website because I wanted the website to, to just look like this office only does veneers. You know, I was... I wasn't like willing to just like only have the one website because that was like something I was trying to, you know, strive for, but wasn't, you know, doing nearly as much cosmetic dentistry. But I think that was really helpful because, you know, if I, if I look back and look at, this, at the city area in San Francisco, there's probably only two websites that were only cosmetic dentistry in, in San Francisco at the time, or maybe even in maybe the whole Bay area. So that makes you look like the expert, you know, you don't want to like, scroll through all the other fluff, you know, like yeah. gums and, you know, basic stuff. And then go like, oh, looks like he does veneers too. You want to be just like, bam, he does veneers and cosmetic dentistry. Um, and I think when COVID hit, that was also like a real turning point. Like after COVID, it's like, well, we're going to go back to work. And it, it's funny because I just remember thinking like, I guess I could see a bunch of patients every day and deal with their emergencies and they're afraid to see me. And I'm afraid to see them because it just started with COVID. Or I could see like one patient a day, you know, like, and, yeah. and, and so I started like pushing even harder. It's, it's funny because I remember I did give away, you know, a, a set of veneers with my dental lab and the dental lab, you know, they, they don't have like a heck of a lot going on at that point either. And that was like also a big turning point because that, you know, everyone's sitting on their phone and stuff and, and looking at themselves, themselves in the mirror. And that was like, I don't know, something just blew up at that point where, where I really started getting a big influx of cosmetic patients. So it, so it became like, okay, this, this is reality. Like I could probably not have to see the general dentistry anymore. And, and then, you know, we have an associate and, you know, just have to try to get the general patients to be more comfortable with him. And, and that's where we are right now. Nice. So it took that like mindset shift to be like, all right, we're going to not dip our toe in the water, but we're going to have to like, you know what I mean? Dive in here to just do veneers for cosmetic work, right? Yeah. So um, I know I touched upon this earlier when we were talking separately, but yeah, I think that to do this, to, to really go all in, like you have to go all in. Like you cannot. Um, so, so again, now our website, it is only cosmetic. 
the design of the office. It's a certain aesthetic. Again, it's more like hotels and nice restaurants uh, type of aesthetic as opposed to something that you walk in and you're sitting in the waiting room and you know you're in a dental office and you're sitting here. You don't exactly know where you are. You know, maybe it's mm-hmm. a spa or something. So, so there's that. Um, but also, you know, for yourself, when it comes to general dentistry, you have to like tell yourself, like, I'm not doing general dentistry anymore. You have to tell your staff, like, this is what we're doing. We're doing cosmetic dentistry. You know, I still have an associate. Truthfully, yes, I do have to see some general dentistry, but it's like less and less and less. The mindset is there. The whole staff understands that like we're, we're trying to see cosmetic patients. And, and if we have a hole in the schedule to just not fill it with, you know, fluff, like some fillings, some, something just very, you know, uh, just some minor stuff, because what you do is you're basically, you're going to put your back against the wall. You are, if, if you set aside a time and said this whole half day is only cosmetic dentistry. And if for some reason that slot does not fill, don't just fill it with, with fillings because you will get creative. You will like figure out something that you haven't done before. You'll reach out to patients that were like soft inquiries before you'll do something different on your Instagram page, or maybe contact this, I don't know, you know, just, you'll do something, you'll get creative. It'll be different every single time. So I think that's, um, the big thing is, is making sure that, that you value the spaces that you might have. Hopefully you don't have too many of those, but, but hopefully when you do have a hole in your schedule, it's a very productive hole. You know, you're not disappearing <laughs> or, yeah. or again, just doing like some, some very general stuff that does not help you get more of these cosmetic cases. Yeah. And that's kind of scary, man, because you're like, you know, there's that hole and then you're like, okay, nothing's filled the hole yet. And there's people who I can move up, you know what I mean, to get their work done. And so you really got to be committed, I feel, right? Like just Yeah, but you, and it's funny, you'd be surprised, you know, it's like, it, it, well, I surprise myself sometimes when this stuff happens, you know, if somebody cancels, I mean, obviously you can do the normal things, like let's look out future into, into this, the schedule in the future and try to start moving people forward. Obviously, that's just like some minor effort that you have to do, but um, but then again, you know, it's like you, you start reaching out a little bit more and it is interesting because I'll get like, like I have this consultation portal, you know, like go online here, but also have like DMS, you know, on my Instagram page. And I don't always try to respond to those because I want to, you know, do it this other way because I feel like it's more organized. You're doing it in order, but yeah, Hey, if there's, if there's, if there's some time, you know, just go to DMS and that person who just said like, how much, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, I just, you know, start a conversation with them. You know, it's like, I have the time and and then, I mean, you can have multiple conversations going and next thing you know, it's like, you actually have a very solid patient coming in. So I don't know, it, it, it's just a different way of doing things. And, um, and it's actually fun because it's, especially like with social media, you know, it's, it's all, it's a lot more casual than the typical, like I'm the doctor and you're coming in to see me and, you know, all the formalities can be, can be kind of gone. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just yeah. a lot more, it's a lot more relaxed. Yeah, definitely. Especially when they see you like through the virtual like consultation, right? They're like, I know, I know Rob, right? Like yeah. I've already, every, he's already seen my mouth technically. You know what I mean? Like I just got to go in there now and talk to him a little bit more. So it builds that rapport like tighter. Well, it's I mean? crazy too. So you know, I mentioned like having your own stuff online. Like I don't, I don't post like a ton of pictures of like my family and, and other just random things that I do. I do put some of that stuff in my stories, you know, yeah. So, so I do more personal stuff in, in my stories, but it is funny because patients come in and they, they like, I feel like I know you, like you've got three kids, you know, they're all, you know, like whatever. And they're like, Oh, I saw you went to Europe or whatever, you know, and it's, and it's funny and it's fine. They don't put like crazy stuff, up, personal things up there, but I, I think it's, I think it's cool. And it just sort of opens up another discussion to have, you know, with them about their families and their vacations <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So, but that's the thing is, when it comes to cosmetic dentistry, a huge, a huge thing that I should mention is that people are coming to you as the individual. They're not coming to, you know, mm-hmm. San Francisco cosmetic smiles, whatever. They're coming to see Rob Soto and that's it. So if they, if they know you, cause they see some stuff online about you, they obviously know your work. That's what they're coming for. You know? Yeah. That's really good advice. That's true. So you want to put yourself a little bit more out there not too, too, well, whatever you're comfortable with, right? You kind can, of thing. Yeah, you, you could do that. You don't want to let, I mean, you know, a, somewhat of a fine line. Obviously, you don't want to damage your reputation, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I completely get you. Okay, awesome, man. 
So let's dive into your business a little bit right now. Uh, what or how many new patients are you getting monthly right now, would you say? Monthly new patients, uh, you know, that kind of varies. I would say it's got to be, I want to say about 20 new patients a month. Okay. Yeah. yeah most of them are going to be cosmetic. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then right now, how many days are you open out of the week? So our office is open five days a week. Again, between myself and my associate, I'm here for, he's here for. Okay, cool. 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 And right now, how many employees do you have? Uh, there are 11 total. 11 total. So how'd you hire them? Like, where'd you find them? Again, this office has been around for a long time before me. So we have uh, four employees out of the 11 who, who have already been here, been here forever, you know, like <laughs> 18, 20 years. Um, so there's a lot of rapport with them, especially for all the general patients who have been coming here for a very long time. So that's that's good. That's probably just more about like having good relationships and keeping those those yeah. uh, like great employees, newer employees. You know, I mean, just just regular job job postings and kind of you know it's interesting. Also, just sort of getting better at, at hiring and just recognizing talent and good people because you know in my experience it's hard. It's, it's just hard, you know, to like, to kind of go through like all these processes and try to find out who they are. Like, but, but if you find someone who's sitting in front of you and you're like, you just sort of connect to me, at least if I just sort of connect with them and I just go like, man, this person looks like they sit in my practice. They look like they're responsible. I can just tell they have, you know, a good head on their shoulders. Like now I'm hiring that person on the spot. Like I don't want them out of the, I don't want them to leave the office because mm-hmm. someone else is going to recognize that too. And, and, you know, it's funny, it's like, it's a, it, my, my assistant already knows about this, but like, whenever I went through this, like hiring, and then first assistant comes in, she's fantastic. She's great, you know, but I'm like, that's the first one. I don't want to hire her too quick and make a bad decision. So then I, uh, you know, interview so many more people and then come back to her. And of course, she's automatically hired. Somebody hired her on the spot. And now I got to pay her like way more to like basically <laughs> figure away from that other job. Yeah. <laughs> so I should have hired her on the spot. And then, and so she's been here for, I don't know, two years now. And then same thing, the next assistant. So that one, I learned my lesson and she's sitting in front of me and I'm just like, you're hired, you're hired. She's like, okay, go to another, <laughs> she's like, I got to go to another interview. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just letting you know you're hired and, and just come back after that interview. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, go go conversate and then come back. At- <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, I don't know if that always works, but it's kind of has something similar with the hyg- with the hygienist as well. And I think I think uh, if there's someone good in front of you, and you you just feel that you know that's that's okay. Obviously, you gotta see the resume and stuff too. Nice, man. Okay, was that ever an issue, Rob? Where you know what I mean? You kind of like started taking over the practice, and some people were like. I've been here for 30 years or 20 years. Like, you know, I know, you know, like the office manager or something. Did anybody like kind of bump heads or no? You know, um, again, I had that long transition, like a five-year transition. So I'm not really introducing a lot of new, new things to the office. It was just more like a, like a pass the, the baton kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that wasn't so bad. I do think that the, you know, one big issue that people have when you're going from an office that, is well-established, older doctor, lots of, you know, staff have been here for a long time, is that, you know, they've got the retirement plan in place, the medical care place. They have like every benefit possible and it's like really good stuff too. So it's all very expensive. So you, as a new doctor, you're like, that is a very stressful thing to have to have all these things, not only in place because you're learning on the fly and having to call these different companies, but also mm-hmm. just like having to, to take over those things. Those are things that if you're a new practice, you're building up to those things, you know, and, and you're not just like, you know, like, you know, like the vacation time. I'm like, I'm basically now the new boss. I mean, I have a staff member who had four weeks of paid vacation, plus, you know, 10 holidays paid, plus her birthday off paid, plus every other Friday off paid. And she's the, high, the, the uh, highest salary or, or per hour employee. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm paying this guy, this, this person, this woman, like everything, you know, and that's, this, that's, that's the rapport that she had with the, the previous doctor. They were like partners, mm-hmm. you know, for so many years. And I'm just like, sure, I'll, I'll pay her all that too, you know? <laughs> uh, but I think she understood what was going on and what she was getting she was very helpful. And so that worked out. So I don't know, maybe that, that doesn't always work out that way. But I was, she knew what she was getting and, and she put in the effort to, to show for it. That's nice, man. Awesome. 
And then what systems would you say, besides the new patient experience, because I feel like that's pretty unique too, but what systems would you say are unique in your practice right now? I don't know. Again, this is, we, we do it mainly cosmetics. You know, we, <laughs> we have staff that's like really great. And I do feel like my front desk, they've been doing this stuff for so long that it's gotten to the point where I used to like, I wanted to know how to do everything in the office so that I could, you know, so that if somebody left that I could, you know, handle that and teach the next person. But I've just, I've lost that. Like, there's no way. They, they're, they're so deep into their own jobs at this point, you know, that, that uh, you know, it's really just super important. You know, we have two front desks up there that someone's always, if someone new has to come in, someone's always there to, to train the other person. Uh, again, there's just the cosmetic stuff, really. That's, that's like our biggest system that we work on is like a lot of dental offices when it comes to cosmetic dentistry, it's like the patient comes in, they're going to get their exam, they're interested in cosmetics, and it's going to be a lot of appointments before they get to, to start their work. There's like workups that they have to do. There's photography sessions they have to do. They have to do all these things. And for me, I think the system is I meet you, you meet me online. I see your teeth ahead of time. You come in. We do everything. So I saw a patient today. Again, I met her. I met her online. I already gave her some options. I already gave her the 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 fees. She came in here. We sat here for about an hour and a half. We did her exam. We scanned her teeth. We did everything to prepare her for for getting veneers. Now her next appointment is going to be a teeth whitening and um and and a cleaning because she needs that stuff. And then we're going to do her veneers. I had a patient who came in and, and he he was just like fed up. It was almost like a second opinion. After a year and and like a dozen appointments with his dentist and he's wearing temps on this side and temps on that side and they're going to work on the bottom and then eventually they're going to work on the top. He comes in, he's like, there's got to be a better way. And in like five weeks, in three appointments in five weeks, we just like wrapped him all up. We just took off all the temporary stuff did everything. And then he was just, he, he's like, every time I see him, it was like, you know, it was like a year and a half ago. Every time I see him, he's still like shocked. Something didn't go wrong. Like, why don't I have problems? Like my dentist said we were taking all these steps because it would be too problematic to like do it all together. So for me, a lot of the systems are more about efficiency with something that traditionally is not efficient. So it's something that's we're like climbing a mountain, you know, it's like yeah. trying to make it so that it's just very easy for, for patients. Huh. So efficiency then, right? When it comes to not just your systems in-house, but like when you're working on the patient. Yeah, working on patients too. I mean, this, this is all, it's all about like giving them, giving the patient a good experience and efficiently, consistently giving amazing results. And I feel like, yeah, there's, there are a lot of systems in place. Um, on the, the actual clinical end, you know, my assistants, they do amazing setups. We take photos of patients. You got you got one assistant loading up the photos. You got a front desk person organizing all the photos and labeling them. I come in, I sit down, I, I basically make, I, I'm, I'm all about videos. I make like a little video <laughs> presenting all the photos to my laboratory as like a, as like a, a presentation. And then boom, there goes all the instructions. So um, yeah, everything, everything happens. You know, the one assistant's sending out our scan, um, making sure the dates are all correct on it. So, you know, there's a lot of balls in the air for each patient and each patient needs to know that they're the most important, important patients. Um, and their case is the most important thing going on right now. And we have multiple cases going on at the same time, but you give, you carve out time for each of them to make sure that, that, you know, they know that they're, cases being treated with, with just, you know, the utmost importance. Hmm. Do you ever like follow up with the patient? Like, Hey, we're on this stage right now. We're on this stage or, or now you just like tell them, go home. I'll give you a call. There's just some back and forth that happens. You know, after I meet them, you know, I ask them to send me like some inspiration photos of their teeth, you know, and once we get that email, you know, we're confirming that we got it. If I think the patient is a little bit more like needing the feedback, I will, you know, I'll reply back and, and, say something about it. You know, these are important. I see you like these type of canines or this color, you know, I don't always <laughs> have to do that. Usually, again, usually the rapport is already there. They see the work, they see the stuff on my website, on Instagram. So I feel like there's already this comfort. They don't have to hover over me. That's why they showed up is because they already know they're going to get great results. Um, so I feel like without that, they might be hovering over you more and really needing a lot of handholding 
Uh, but but they're still handholding, you know, like like there's different phases. We have to do the temporary veneers. And then, you know, I, I will call them and, and talk to them. I give them my cell phone, you know, for any, if they have any emergencies. And, you know, part of the process is to make it so that we're not going to have any emergencies. You know, yeah. so there's certain things that you can do. If I think this person's going to have more pain, I'm going to prescribe them this. If I think um, this person needs, I don't know, so let people walk out of here, they're so numb, you can't see their smile. And, and like... <laughs> And, uh, and I can also tell they're like pretty anxious about their procedures. Like I'll have them come back, like, Hey, come back in, in two days. You know, we'll look at your temporary veneers. We'll, we'll, um, take new photos. We'll scan them again. We'll make adjustments to them. I want to make sure that you're happy with these. And then we'll use this design for our, our final veneers, our final design. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, each patient, you know, you definitely have to kind of cater to, to them, um, but but it's all fine. You know, the goal is to to get an an amazing result. And an amazing result really depends on what the patient's expectations are and how specific they are in 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 their design, how much they want to input on that. So yeah, I mean it's definitely easier these days because I have a lot of experience um under my belt. But yeah, it was, you know, it's just it builds up. You know, it's not it's not always easy. You run, you almost realize like like Hey, I, I'm not having a lot of trouble and I used to have a lot of trouble. Like, I guess the experience is starting to, you know, really pay off. So you just sort of can navigate, you know, situations better. Nice, man. So then one last question I want to ask you is like, from the moment, I guess you decided to take over this practice or you did the acquisition right till, till today, till right now, what's been some of your biggest struggles or fails or pitfalls? So just doubt, just doubt in general, you know, the, the, the practice, again, you know, going back to what we're talking about experience, the practice ran so smooth and the doctor was so good. I mean, he was like, he was just incredible, you know, but part of that is experience. You know, he could walk into an laboratory and very calm and already had that rapport with patients, you know, so, um, so he just explained something simply and they always got it. They always felt, felt comforted. You know, if there's staff issues, he was very good at handling those things. But again, these are all experienced things. And then when stuff doesn't go right, you sort of doubt yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Staff does leave, you know, from time yeah. to time. Luckily, we have a lot that have stayed over the years. But it's like, oh, my gosh, like, how is he able to keep all of his, his people? So I think it's like, there's just like doubt that it comes into play when you run into problems. Why wasn't the previous dentist having these problems? Why are you having these problems? And then even just like, are you making the right moves? So I, I don't think these are like any like big, big failures, but I just feel like, you know, letting the weight, the weight of the business, the weight of business decisions hover over you and not make you feel so great or make you uh, worry about making different decisions that do change things. I feel like, I feel like, you know, you don't have to to let that happen. You know, you, you can, I, I could have trusted my instincts more and, um, you know, it builds up. So you start to realize like, Hey, we moved locations, you know, and that was a fantastic idea. I wasn't so sure about that at first. And again, you know, sort of, sort of going out on a limb and saying like, just cosmetic dentistry. It's like, this could be terrible. You know, we've been, we've been great with the general dentistry and we we have good patients and good fees. Like, are people going to just like jump ship and be like, oh, this is not the right doctor for me. But that did not happen, you know? So I feel like stuff could have happened even sooner for me if, if, um, if, you know, if I took the leap a little sooner. Yeah. Why'd you guys move locations? Um, well, very specifically in San Francisco downtown, there's, there's a, a main building, which are in, it's called Fort V Sutter hundred at the time there were 115 dental offices in one building. Amazing. So that plus associates, you've got a lot of dentists in, in one building and, uh, the other building for any post is where I'm at now. Yeah, I don't know how many are in here, but that's a 26-story building. It's a 17-story building. They're two blocks from each other, and they both have a ton of dentists in it. One of them was just like a lease space. The 457 just leased. This one, I was had the opportunity to buy the space, so it's a condo. Um, so I bought the space, remodeled it, and moved in. And it was one of these things where at the time, it's like, oh, man, you know, I know people do this. I know people remodel, you know, their their space in this leased building, but... I don't really want to do that. You know, if I want to, yeah. I want to go all out and, and the opportunity is there to purchase a space. That's what I want to do. So, so that's what we did. And then you feel more comfortable about actually going all out as far as, you know, nice design, nice finishes, spending the money on these things. So 
that that's that's how it was for me. People do it in the least space, but I it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Man, so you've gone through you've done a lot, man. You've gone through a lot. How has it because for those thinking to be like, I want to do what Rob's doing, how has it all affected your personal life? It's good and it's busy. So you need to have an understanding family. Okay. You know, who's, who's willing to support you and, and understand that you got to work the, the, you know, the, the long hours. But I think, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a really great thing, you know, just whatever, owning your own business in general, the, the cosmetic stuff is, is incredible. I'm, it makes me very happy. So I think that's obviously a good thing that I try not to, you know, abuse time. Cause you, you, you know, you have to put in hours when it, when it comes to this type of work. I mean, you're very early. I stay very late. Um, right now I'm working four days a week, which is good, but you know, I was working five days for a long time, but that's part of, you know, having a family, um, is making sure that you have some time off and dedicate certain time, you know, just for my wife and I, just for the kids, uh, or just for family time too. Anyway, I think, I think it's, it's good to do what makes you feel very happy and very, and something that's rewarding and, and productive. So that's very important, but you know, also it's like, you don't want to abuse the time of your family. Like I like, I, I like to work out, and if that's like everybody's asleep when that happens, you know, because yeah. it's just more time that I'd be taking away. So I don't know. You gotta, you gotta just think about those things. Yeah. Nice. Awesome, Rob. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? So again, I'm uh, I'm in San Francisco. Uh, if you want to look me up, um, I am at Dr. Soto on Instagram. And that's like all you need to know, okay? You, my website is is uh, SF, so it's in San Francisco, veneer.com. But, you know, go to my Instagram page if you want to see what's going on with, with me and what, what I'm working on. Awesome. So, guys, that's going to be in the show notes below. So, definitely check that out. And Rob, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure, and we'll hear from you soon. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And, Rob, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, bud. We truly appreciate it, guys. If you want to pick his brain, reach out to him or anything like that, just go in the show notes below and uh, click on any of his links and reach out to him. And at the same time, don't forget, one of the best ways to support this podcast is by scrolling all the way to the very bottom of the show notes and checking out our sponsors. Schedule a free personalized demo with all of them. You've been thinking about, hey, I need a new practice management software, if I need a new VoIP provider or phone service, if I need uh, a a way to reduce no-shows, if I need a new dental lab then definitely go in the show notes below and check out all of our sponsors they have exclusive deals just for you so check them out and as always thank you so much for supporting the podcast and i'll talk to you in the next episode